Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness, and opportunity in VFX, animation, and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation, and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Simon here. Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, episode nine. In our New York special episode, AVFX director Tom Box met with Kat Galacci and Ryan Penny, chairs of our brand new NYC chapter. Recorded on a Brooklyn street corner, Tom met with Ryan and Kat to discuss, among other things, their launch events and their plans for the coming year and beyond. So grab a coffee and a bagel, soak up the New York vibes, and let's get on with the podcast. So we're in Brooklyn for another Access VFX podcast, and today we're chatting to Ryan and Kat, who are chairs of the New York chapter of Access VFX. Hello. 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 Welcome to Brooklyn. Excellent. So um, it'd be good to start with introducing who you are and what your kind of backgrounds are, Ryan. I'm Ryan Penny. I'm the director of the Made in New York post-production training program and the co-chair of Access VFX New York City. Um, my name is Kat Gulachi. I started off at the mill working as a runner um, and worked my way up to that of an operations role um, and then eventually evolved into that of a U.S. outreach manager and talent manager. My career uh, was such that I worked for the mill for about 10 years and then ultimately went the freelance route. So I've been working with a lot of local studios, helping support their outreach and uh, their uh, recruitment needs. Excellent. Which probably points out this at this point we're standing on a street corner in Brooklyn at a coffee shop. So uh, there's quite a, a bit of the New York traffic passing, but it all adds to the atmosphere, right? Beautiful music to me. Yes. <laughs> so how did Access VFX New York chapter start? So I had seen some of the work that the group in the UK was doing, uh, was following various social media channels and, and thought that it was a great idea and a great use of uh, the resources of the VFX companies in the UK. And so I just sent a cold email to the website um, that was responded to by Simon Devereaux. Uh, and he put me in touch with Kat, who I had already been in touch with through my outreach efforts for the program that I run. And we started talking and basically, you know, called everyone in our Rolodex and, and said, we're going to have a meeting. Uh, let's get together and talk about these issues and doing events. Um, and creating a New York City chapter of Access VFX. So that's that's literally how it started. We just got our first event uh, under our belts last week, and it went very well. And now we're hoping to do a lot more. So what what really gave you that impetus to want to want to start a chapter? I think it was. Uh, an outgrowth of the work that I do. So uh, our training program is for low-income and unemployed New Yorkers who have a background in production on set uh, to get into post-production. And VFX is one of the things that we've been working with. And uh, we, we teach a little bit of Nuke during our training course. And uh, I work with pre- predominantly uh, people of color and people from low-income and unemployment backgrounds that have had barriers to employment and have had trouble finding stable employment in the broader TV and film industry. And I wanted to be able to uh, help them have that equality of opportunity and, uh, and just provide that for them and the next generation coming up. So high school students, you know, younger students as well. Uh, and think that creating events where people can get together in, real, in the real world is the best way to do that. And so... Um, 
trying to you know follow the the rubric of uh, what the group in the UK has done and uh, just put on some events that people can access VFX and animation. <laughs> yeah, expanding outward to, to what Brian's saying, you know, I'm conscious that a lot of the work that I had been involved with over the years was with that of a lot of universities and a lot of individuals who provided um, access to specific softwares and specific um, workstations that, you know, they, they had that more immediate access to these resources. Um, I began to work with the Animation Project and a lot of different organizations that um, help support those who are at risk or who may not have exposure to specific softwares and specific workstations and opportunities in the VFX world and really wanted to work with younger audiences, younger generations, not just those who are in university, um, individuals who don't know what possibilities they might have within the VFX world. And I think, too, that one of the things that I responded to the most about what Access VFX was doing was that I think it seems like the VFX companies are starting to realize that talent may lie in other places than they've looked previously. And so um, I've certainly noticed that through working with the trainees in our program. They're so talented, um, but may not have had access to the same educational opportunities. And so if they don't have access to that, they don't have access to, you know, the entry-level jobs at the companies who are looking at those educational sources uh, for talent. So expanding that pool and looking elsewhere for it, um, I think, has been, you know, one of the things that I want to help support. And I guess with Access VFX started in London, London and New York are very similar cities in terms of, you know, extremely multicultural with a huge diversity. Huge diversities. Uh, and that's, I think, what was part of uh, the issue with starting Access VFX was kind of opening up the industry to more of those. Because in the, in the UK, it's, you know, 95% or something like that go via university route, which like in the States is very expensive, which obviously limits it to a certain segment of the population. Is that a kind of similar situation? Is, it, is that generally university path into, into the industry? Yes, that certainly seems to be the case in, in, in many areas, and that's another reason why I wanted to get involved um, personally. Uh, I, I began my career as a runner, but I had a very different background when I was at university, and I'm conscious that several of my colleagues at the mill at the time, um, many of whom had grown into quite exciting senior positions within you know, their specific departments, um, but not having gone the university route. And that was really important to sort of highlight, you know, many of, of the individuals with whom I worked went the running route, you know, obviously, which is more of like an entry-level position with which to get into the post-production world. Um, many of whom had also explored, um, you know, their connections with, within the industry themselves and, and, and evolved into post-production that way. Um, and we wanted to sort of highlight, it's a, it's, it's a little bit more of a limiting route with which to get into the, the VFX industry. Yeah. There that, are other ways. Is that changing? Um, it is changing. I mean, I'm conscious of that. I mean, I think Ryan can vouch us or speak to our collaboration with the STEAM Center more recently, but there are a lot of opportunities with which high school students can focus on, on the post route, but through trade. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, where we did our event last week is, is called the Brooklyn STEAM Center, and they're working, uh, they run a relatively unique program where they take students out of their normal high school and bring them to a separate facility at the Brooklyn Navy Yard um, to spend a half day focused on career and technical education in film and TV, design and engineering, construction, uh, culinary arts, etc. Um, and so we've been working with them to, uh, to provide you know, access to these events and, uh, and help support them as they prepare their students for either a college career or a, a direct entry into the workforce. Um, and that's, I think, part of what we're trying to do is provide those avenues for people to either go the more traditional route 
of going to college and, and completing that degree yeah. or being able to find an opportunity where they can continue to learn, maybe on the job, yeah. um, and find themselves in much the same place in, in a few years, maybe without that burden of debt. Yeah. You know. It's always, always nice to not have that burden of debt. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Uh, talking about what you're doing in terms of your education side of what you're up to. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go into that? Yeah, I think so. Um, so the Made in New York post-production training program was created in partnership with the Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment in New York City. Uh, we started two years ago building on the success of the Made in New York Production Assistant Training Program, which has been around for 13 years, training people to work on set. So we're using much the same model, but we're applying it to post-production uh, and teaching the basics of five pieces of industry standard software, so Avid, Premiere, Photoshop, After Effects, and Nuke, in a five-week course. Not to necessarily teach anyone the skills of that trade to be able to work immediately as an editor or an animator, but to see where their interests yeah. are and yeah. put them in the right um, on the right pathway to being able to access those Give careers in the future. What, what exactly. We also fill the rest of the curriculum with um, with guest speakers from the industry. Okay. Try to bring as many people in uh, as possible into the classroom, and also a lot of soft skills training, uh, as well as financial, legal, and uh, marketing and sales curriculums that we have built in as well. So we're really trying to prepare people for the modern workplace uh, and the freelance workforce and um, and give them enough tools to be able to access that first job so that then they can learn on the job, build their networks and continue into higher positions in the future. Yeah. Um, in terms of the skills shortage, um, part of what Access FX is, is trying to solve the skills shortage through opening up the access to the industry through to, to people who it previously wasn't really available for or didn't know those jobs existed. Um, is, there, is there a shortage in New York? Because in, in London, it's, it's quite intense. No, it's, it's equally quite intense here in New York. Um, we're, over the years, I've always been, um, you know, thanks to programs that Ryan's involved with, as well as um, a lot of the universities located here, such as the School of Visual Arts, you know, Pratt, Cooney. Um, you know, New York has a plethora of, of talent, certainly. I think when we're looking at the world of creative tech and in assessing specific roles such as that of programmers, um, you know, technical artists, um, you know, from the more technical side of things, I'm aware that uh, that's probably where you'll see or where, where we would highlight those shortages. Um, on the computer graphics side, on the, the compositing side, on the design side, there's certainly a wealth of talent, but it's more so about how one, uh, you know, plugs into a specific pipeline and giving one the, uh, the more the soft skills training um, in addition to that of the technical training. Um, that's what we're sort of looking at. But I think it also boils down to, you know, finding maybe younger folks who are starting to think about where they want to take their careers uh, and finding that desire to continue learning and then linking them up with all the free resources that are now available. I mean, there's free software that you can learn. Blender and uh, and Nuke is available for free. And, and then pairing that with the tutorials that teach you step-by-step how to work on these things. So um, I think that's part of what we want to do and um, you know, provide those opportunities for people that really have the desire, have the passion, and now showing them that there is a pathway for them to be able to access the career that they're yeah. looking for. So with, with the event you did last week, your kind of launch event, what was the, what was the purpose behind that? What did you want to, to, get, to get out of it? So CAP uh, put together an amazing presentation uh, of people that work in different parts of the, of the VFX pipeline um, to kind of 
set the students up with an understanding of start to finish how how VFX and animation are made and um, and then after that we had a portion where we spent um, all the companies that were there representing their companies uh, got an opportunity to speak directly to the students and I think that having the benefit of that presentation to set them up uh, and give them that understanding really made that a powerful, engaging conversation uh, that happened in that room. And um, it was really a great opportunity for people to find out all the different roles that exist because oftentimes people think there's an editor, there's an animator, there's you know maybe a visual effects person, but they don't really know exactly how many people are involved in that process yeah. and how many different jobs they might be able to do with the skill set that they sure. possess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the intention was really to set the scene and create a more intimate environment for high school students such that they could feel comfortable ac- like accessing or asking the right questions for the, you know, for these professionals in the industry. Um, you know, we were highlighting all aspects of, you know, CG, 2D, and design production such that they could learn more about every aspect to the process or every element of the process um, and, and really trying to set, as I've said, like a more comfortable environment for them such that they could connect with each individual and essentially attack them with questions. Excellent. Cool. So who is the new chapter? What companies are they usually doing? Well, it was pretty exciting, you know, being able to reach out and or, or create that initial soft reach out for all the different studios. Um, we very quickly got responses from obviously the the mill, Zoic, um, Fuse, um, uh, the Molecule, Phosphine, MPC, MPC, Framestore, um, the Animation Project, uh, Women in Animation, Psyop. Um, you know, no one really uh, turned us down. If I'm honest, you know, everyone really wants to be involved, and we're conscious that that community is only growing, and in fact, it's growing exponentially. Um, with each month, you know, we host these regular monthly meetings. Um, you know the uh, the outreach is, is pretty extensive, and individuals are are showing an eagerness that we're really excited about. We're needing we're needing a bigger and bigger table each time we meet, and and that's a great thing at this yeah. point because we really want to take a big tent approach and bring in as many people with ideas about how we can do events that are going to serve our mission um, and continue to grow um, for the future and continue to figure out exactly what the best way to. To serve our mission yeah. is. And you met this week, didn't you? Yes, we did. We met at Entropic, um, and they have an amazing rooftop space. It was a great... I saw the photo. It was yes. uh, yes. an amazing photo. Yeah, it was great. They're our newest members. Yes. Oh, excellent. Um, and so, you know, we've been, we've been um, able to meet at the different studios each time, and it's just been fantastic. People are just opening up their doors and, and want to allow us in to, to talk through these issues, and yeah. it's been great. So what's... What came out of the meeting? What's what's the next steps? So we're we're tentatively working towards our our next event, which we think will be an artist spotlight of sorts. Um, we're looking for uh, we're looking to do a, a panel discussion type thing where we feature a few artists from different companies, talking about their careers, talking about the the work that they do, and just providing that direct storytelling aspect of uh, sharing their their information and their talent. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at that um, compounded with a bit of a, I guess, you know, giving individuals an opportunity to get a sense of how each artist came into the VFX community, whether it was through a running opportunity, whether it was through some sort of uh, trade, um, some sort of connection, um, and then talking about their their history in the VFX world, their personal history. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're also looking at opportunities um, in the near future with which to have like demo boot camps where professionals in the industry help support those who are reels that they'd like to expand upon to help support them and encourage them in their next careers really. 
yeah. The, the possibilities are really yeah. so endless, yeah. and we're we're kind of thinking through, you know, getting a few events under our belts now, and uh, and just preparing ourselves to be able to grow in the future yeah. and do bigger and better events. And I think that's that's a nice thing. Obviously, the um, the New York and London chapters kind of like have a, a meeting kind of once yes. a month, and that's it's a really nice way of sharing ideas and cross pollinating kind of different activities and events. Absolutely, that's that's been great to be a part of. Just to because um, the UK chapter obviously uh, the founding chapter has provided such a great you know script for this thing and and uh, and that's been just great to be able to learn more about in a direct manner yeah. speaking with Simon and you and everybody else on the on the board uh, has been fantastic cool. so what's what's your ultimate ambition for the, for the New York chapter it's a big one that is a big <laughs> one ultimate ambition I don't know I mean I, I think I think being sustainable and being able to continue doing events I don't think there's one ultimate goal it's really just being uh, able to continue operating events multiple times throughout the year um, and partnering with like-minded organizations that want to continue to grow and provide more and more access to people that have traditionally not had that access Um, so yeah I think you know yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd personally love to see a lot of the high school students, as I know Ryan would too, um, with whom we connected last year, you know, seeing them in their future careers in the world of post-production. Um, expanding upon that, I'd love to sort of partner up with, you know, local audio houses and gaming studios and, and, and even more feature uh, houses such that, you know, we could sort of um, expand upon our network here. I mean, it's a really exciting time. To Ryan's point, I'd love to see, like, continued success in a lot of the events that we're running and just ensuring that... Um, you know, people have a comfortability and that um, students have extended and expanded mentorship across the group. So yeah. it's, uh, it's an exciting time for us and it's, uh, it's only going to get even more exciting. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. In the, in the UK, it's a similar kind of thing where we've been doing a lot of schools outreach because we think part of the diversity inclusion thing, it's, it's, uh, it's a numbers kind of game where the studios just employ the best people that apply to them, but those generally come from just a certain demographic. So the idea is if you can go to schools you can like cast a much bigger net and get more people kind of like going through all that that training yeah i think that's right and and you know i mean new york city is vast and you know we're just getting started uh and we'd love to be able to access all of those different networks that have different schools and different um neighborhoods in new york yeah. city where we can talk to people and find those people that really are the you know uh, diamond in the rough or the you know needle in a haystack whatever you want to say but um but be able to find them and, and give them the tools that they need to be able to succeed. Yeah. A lot of the time, the actual software training is just the cherry on the top, and it's those raw kind of skills that are, are the diamonds, as you say. So it's, it's it's about just trying to search for those, isn't it? One of one of my favorite uh, things that happened at the event last week was there was a, a student at the very end of the event who was a computer science student uh, at the Brooklyn Steam Center, and he kind of tentatively came over to the phosphine table and said you know, I'm a computer science student. How would I access this? And they were, they were like, this whole thing is built on computers. And, and it was just, it seemed like you could see the light bulb going off in his head to say he had sat through this whole conversation, uh, presentation, found it very cool, um, but now being able to connect the fact that what he was interested in had a way to do this cool work was really powerful to see and I yeah. hope we continue to do that and that's that's all part of the awareness isn't it because uh, in the UK they actually get taught Python as part of the kind of secondary school uh, curriculum yeah uh, every so every every school child has to learn kind of Python and one of the things we discovered when uh, going on tours of kind of schools to do these kind of like uh, workshops and talks is we'd ask them what 
what can you use Python for? And they're like, building websites. And they're like, did you have any idea that the, the Marvel film or the Star Wars film you went to see at the weekend was made using a kind of foundation of Python code? And they, they have no idea. So it's, uh, it's a kind of like spreading, connecting the knowledge of what they're being taught to what they're doing and they're enjoying. So they actually, they can turn, in, turn their kind of like hobby of watching their favorite films into a career to actually make it relatable to them. And that's another part of uh, what I loved about what you're doing in the UK is bringing parents in and inviting them to take part in it. Um, and we'd love to do that more and more as well because, you know, I, I think some people have an idea that maybe their child really likes video games. Yeah. But understanding <laughs> that that might be a pathway into yeah, yeah. A, a, a working career um, and that it's not all fun and games. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because uh, we, we have this discussion a lot in the UK where obviously we're next door to France and France generally has a lot more respect for the arts than in the UK where it's kind of shunned for more uh, more academic subjects and uh, and reaching to the parents is a kind of a, a key way of kind of like trying to make them realise that it is a valuable kind of career you can have and you can be a very successful person in the arts kind of like uh, area you yeah. don't have to become a lawyer or a doctor to be successful yeah. and let's let's be honest you know you see that in in, in adult professionals now where individuals uh, study a specific profession thinking that they don't have that opportunity to pursue the arts you know they've sort of from a more traditional background have been encouraged to go a specific route with their with their families and with their parents so if we can provide that accessibility at the more junior level um, it can make a, a world of difference and, yeah. and really change a lot of uh, a lot of lives in that sense cool. So if, if other companies and studios in, in New York want to get involved with what we've discussed, how do they how do they do it? Yeah, so they can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and Twitter and at AccessVFXNYC, all one word. Um, or they can email us at nyc at accessvfx.org. Excellent. And then um, I guess how to, if they're young, budding artists or people, anyone who wants to get into the industry... How, what, what should they do? I would I would suggest the same channels. You yeah. know, following okay. us on uh, social media, reach out to us on social media or uh, or through that email, and we'll be announcing the events uh, through those channels as well. So they can sign up to our mailing list, and we'll keep them up to date through there and through our social media. Yep. Excellent, <laughs> well, Ryan, Kat. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring program and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening. And until next time, bye.